0: Good morning, if you missed the first intro, my name is Kaipo Thomas, one of the pastors here. Great honor and privilege to be with you this morning. If you catch it up with us for the first time, we are in week three of our Christmas series titled, God With Us. We've been basing this verse, uh, this series off of uh, this truth that was prophesied from Isaiah. Matthew uh, records this passage in verse 23 and says, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means, let's say it together, God with us. You know, and this was just the beginning. I mean, a little extra uh, little extra for you. For those who are believers, right, 1 John one twelve. I mean, John 1.12 says, for all those who received him, believing in him, he gave them the right to be called children of God. Is that cool, right? And then Jesus shows up, right, and says, if we, um, uh, not, not only is there a truth that God is with us, right, that we're not alone, we live in a world that was created by him, that God is, whether you want to know it or not, God is, right, whether you want to know him or not, God is with us all the time, right? But making it personal, by the time Jesus had left this earth, the disciples knew, right? And Paul took this message throughout the world that not only is God with us, but God is in us, right? And we can be in Christ, like so united with the Lord that we can finish his sentences. Why? Because we know his heart, amen? We know his word. And this season, right, we get to talk about this truth that God is, is with us. And week one, we talked about that we can know God in the valleys, right? Blessed are those uh, whose strength is not in themselves, but whose strength is in the Lord. Amen? Right? And we talked about this. This We, we can know God on, uh, on the mountaintops, but God becomes personal in the valley. Right? It's good when the blessings flow in and sometimes, I don't know, we thank God in the blessings, but in the valleys we get to really know his provision, right? We get to know his commitment. We get to know his love that endures forever. Last week we talked about God is with us in the wilderness. We talked about this story in 1 Kings 19 of Elijah Right, who was called by God to do some amazing things. Right, He defeated 400 or so uh, mediums and witchcrafts and those who are calling on false gods. And he shows up with you know, not much hocus pocus and says, hey, God of the universe, you love me. right?" And I know you want to be known here. And he falls down and consumes that. But right after that great moment, he ends up running away because his life is on the line. He finds himself in a cave. And God shows himself, says, I'm going to show myself. And so God brings these, this wind and earthquake, and God's not in there. Great fire, God's not in there. But then there's this soft, still, calm voice that shows up, and God was there, right? God whispering to him, Elijah, I'm here, right? And one of our, our big thought was our, our deepest needs become a gift to us when it drives us to depend Submit totally on God, right? When you don't have anything else, nowhere else to go, nobody else around you, it actually can be a real gift because maybe you might be able to see God clearer, right, in that season than any other season. And this week we get to talk about God with us in the storm. Amen? So a couple things. Just thinking about those three, right, wilderness, valley, storms. When I think about wilderness, uh, it can be a length of time-wise, maybe a little bit longer. Maybe it's a little drier, right? And it's some place that you can willingly go to. Like Jesus often went to the wilderness to actually find strength, right? Uh, our, our story there was like sometimes there's a wilderness like the, the um, well, we're on the 40s, right? The nation of Israel was just in this, in, in, uh, in the desert, in a wilderness setting. It was dry. There was much, not not much life there, but the Lord was there, Amen. So so those in your mind, a little bit longer, drier, desolate, empty, right? When I think about the the valleys, these are are shorter lengths of times, right? Sometimes they come after real mountaintop type of experiences. They can be dark, but there's some life there. There's provision there that you can find in in the Lord. And so this morning, to, to separate the storms from a wilderness or a valley setting storms we impact you know for we live on an island right it's today's you know normal trades a little windy but you know we 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 face storms on this island and they can be very intense for short moments of times right and the most intense types of storms that we have here are, are hurricanes right little little information about hurricanes right uh They used to name hurricanes back in the day, right, pre the 50s, by its location. In the 50s, I don't know why, but the scientists and those looking at storms started naming them after wives and girlfriends. It's actually, you can actually study this though, right? And then they started making like an order of like alphabetical, right? And then in the 70s, I don't know if it was liberation, I don't know something, but men got included into there. And anytime a storm came along, that um, had devastating impacts, right? They would always retire that name, right? And, and two, within our state that are, you know, um, Iniki, Eva, right? I remember um, I went on a mission trip to Kauai. I think I was middle school or young high school, a mission trip every Thanksgiving. We used to go on a mission trip, and Iniki had just hit. Um, and so we went on this mission trip to the and it was kind of crazy the devastation that happened um, on Kauai, I think it was like 50,000 people moved um, after that because Eva had gone through Kauai and then Iniki had gone through and, and a lot of people had, had left that island after that. But, you know, we're thinking about storms. And here, here's the big thought for today. We never want to allow the presence of a storm to cause us to doubt the presence of God. If we can understand that God is there in the storm we can come out better rather than bitter. Amen? Right? That it can be a season of uh, strengthening. It can be a season of development. It can be a season where we come out, and it's just for these short respites where it's like, whoa! Things are kind of heavy right now, right? But God is with me, and we can come out a little better, right, and a little bit stronger. So our story for today, um, we're, we're going to open up our, our uh, text to Acts chapter 27. Acts is um, the, the birth of the church, right? It's like Genesis where God begins everything and everything's new, everything's fresh. The book of Acts is like Jesus is no longer on earth. He's in heaven. The spirit descends and then there's new life in the world because the spirit of the living God is living in us. And so the apostle Paul, right, uh, had a um, calling on his life to take the gospel this good news that God is with humanity to the world. And not primarily to Jewish people, but to non-Jewish people. And the Bible would highlight that as being Gentiles, right? So Gentiles were was the Jewish term, right, that the Jews gave to talking about everybody else who wasn't like them. And so Paul had this distinct calling right, on his life to take this good news that God is with us, right, that, that we can have a relationship with God to this world. Um, towards the end of his mission, right, towards the end of his time, uh, he had been arrested in Jerusalem, um, brought into captivity, and was being taken uh, to Rome. And on that trip, while he was imprisoned, they uh, were setting sail by boat. And so we pick up the story this morning in um, verse 1. When it was decided that we would sail for Italy, Paul and some other prisoners were handed over to a centurion named Julius who belonged to the imperial rig- uh, re- regiment. We boarded a ship uh, from, I was reading this earlier, Adramathium, something like that, about to sail for ports along the coast of the providence of Asia and we put out to sea. And so the story, I, I, mean, I should read a little bit more context, but it's kind of kind of a cool, um, I don't know if you're a sailor or, or you like stories. Um, when, you, when you read this story a little bit more in depth, there's some, um, I don't know, some, some cool context. Let me, let me just read uh, a little bit for us this morning. I'll pick up at uh, verse 5. And when they had sailed across the open sea along the coast of Sicilia and came to uh, Lithia, um, there the centurions found a ship of Alexandria sailing for Italy and they put us on board. We sailed slowly for a number of days and arrived with difficulty some ports later. And as the wind did not allow us to go further, We sailed under the lee of Crete and coasting along with difficulty, we came to a place, Fair Havens, near the city of Lycia. Much time had passed and the voyages was now dangerous because even the fast, which was a name of an area, was already over. And Paul advised them saying, Sirs, I perceive that the voyage will be with injury and much loss. Not only for the cargo and the ship, but also for our lives. But the centurion paid more attention to the pilot and to the owner of the ship than to Paul. And because the harbor was not suitable to spend the winter, the majority decided to put out to sea from there, on chance that somehow they may be able to reach Phoenix, a harbor facing southwest and northwest, and to spend the winter there. Verse 13. And when the south wind blew gently, supposing that they had obtained a little window, they weighed anchor and sailed along Creek close to shore. But soon the winds shifted and the northeast blew strong and they struck down from, and it struck down from the land. And when the ship was caught and could not face the wind, they gave way to it and were driven along. So rather going headway into the wind, They kind of just said we got to abandon our course and just started to go uh, with the wind. And Paul stands up and he says, "Men, you should have listened to me, and not have set sail from Crete and incurred this injury and loss." Right? They had abandoned all hope and abandoned course. And Paul stands up and gives them some memory of advice he had given to them in the storms that you face what does that look like you know for these guys they were in a storm and they had given up hope and paul stands up and says maybe you guys should have listened to me earlier and i'm not sure how righteous that is but paul was a human eh, amen He's like, I told you so. I'm not sure, you know. Probably pick your mates well. Supposedly on this ship there were 200 Romans and um, guards and prisoners, right? And Paul speaking to them says, "Well, you guys probably took my advice, you know. I'm not a sailor, but just looking at the weather, right? Sometimes the reason we're in storms is our own fault. Amen. Can we own up to our issues sometimes, right?" They're in a storm. They're looking at the setting, looking at the situation around them. Said, well, the stars on our lining, but let's keep on going, right? And I'm not sure what was the driving force behind, you know, a little bit of the context. They didn't want to stay in that one port for the winter because maybe it wasn't suitable. They wanted to head a little bit more north, headed closer to Italy, right? Because maybe there was a little bit more provision there for whatever reason. They hedged the head, Right? And the winds shifted and they got caught in a bad situation. You know, some of the storms, Then you think about the storms that hit this island, it's nobody's fault. This is part of nature. Sometimes we are the reason behind the, fault, um, the storms that we're in, but, but sometimes it's not our fault. Right? Sometimes maybe it's just the hand of God that allows the rain to come. Sometimes we can find ourselves in sticky situations that's maybe not necessarily our fault. But in either situation, whether it's our own choice, right, or not ours, let's not forget the presence of God. Amen? That's kind of the thought for today. Right? These storms where you just wake up one morning like, whoa, it's pretty intense, right? Two months ago or three months ago, right, there was a heavy storm and we woke up that morning, whoa, whoa. There was something, a brew on Maui and nobody really knew what was going to be, what was going to come of it, right? And that's probably, you know, just the situation. of There's never been something that has happened that catastrophic per se, you know, in the islands. And I, and I think a lot of people forgot God, right? And may not, not forgot God, I heard people blaming God. I heard other people blaming people. Like, it's your fault, right? We all, God is punishing us for our disobedience. Like, ooh. You know, people come up in different situations. What kind of person are you? Right? And we cannot just really evaluate other people, but we can evaluate our own response to storms. Are you one that acknowledges God that is there and leans in on him? Right? Are you a person that blames God for the storm? Right? are you one that abandons God in the storm? You know, it's just information, right? The beauty of storms, it, it highlights what? Information, right? The beauty of storms, can, I mean, it's like the, the, the parable, right, where Jesus says that the wise man built his house on the rock and the foolish man built his house on the sand. Both homes, right, endured the same storm. And what was the outcome of that? The wise man who built his self or his house on the stone withstood the test of time. And the analogy is what are we built on? Right? The, the, the house that, the spiritual house that we've, we're trying to grow, right? The, the relationship we're trying to develop with the Lord. What is it made of? I mean, if it's built on mountaintop experiences, cool, but you cannot live on the mountaintop. Right? You look at Halakha, beautiful view, right? Everybody wants to put telescopes there. i just throwing it out there, you know? Beautiful view. You go up there on a beautiful day. You can see other islands. I mean, you look at downtown or, you know, not just sunrises, but sunsets from Haleakala beautiful. There's not much life, though, right? You cannot build a house on Haleakala, no more running water, you know? Not much vegetation. Like, you can spend moments there, right? But you cannot build your house there, right? You cannot build your home there. And so, if, if our spiritual life is only on the mountaintop, you, you might not survive there. At the same time, I don't know if you building your house in Wahei on sand is a wise thing. There's a lot of houses there, though. I just they're out there. You know, and you know a great place to build your house, Makawao, It's good. Little firm soil, you know. I don't know. I just learned, you know. But but the storms that we endure in life, whether we self elect. Right, or God just brings the storms along, along the way. It's a highlighter, and it can be a highlighter of of what we made of. Right, what what is the foundation that we're built on? What is the things in our lives? And, And this is a good prayer. It's a tough prayer to pray. God, whatever is not of you, that is in the world, that is of other people, that's in my life, God, will you weed that out? God, and whatever is of you that's in my life. Can you grow that more? Right, you think about a farm and, 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 and the, the weeds that might be present. Or, you know, so, sometimes there's new growth and you don't really know what kind of growth it is at the seed level. you got to let it grow for a little bit. You know, God, can you be that great farmer that allows the things of you to prosper more? And all the things that's not of you, right? The things that are just taking up space. Can you remove those things from my life? And it's not an easy prayer to have. And sometimes God comes along and brings storms to use that. Right? But if we cannot forget God in the presence of a storm, I think the the ramifications of a storm can be real healthy for us. Amen? Can be real healthy for us. Let's get down to verse 22. Um, The Apostle Paul says... But now I urge you to keep your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only this ship will be destroyed. For last night there stood before me an angel of God to whom I belong and to whom I worship. And he said, the angel said to me, do not be afraid, Paul. There's a little bit more there and I'm not going to cover right now, but... We, we never really know in the storm, right, where God is and what he's capable of, of doing, right? The storms that come, we know that God is with us. We don't know where he is, you know, in, in geographical areas, and we don't actually know what he's capable of doing, but we got to trust, right? The storms can be a great refiner of our faith, and, and I love what the Apostle Paul says. He was the doubter, right? At first, he's like, boys, bad decision, Right? But that night, like, the angel came to him and says, Paul, take courage. This is going to end well for you. You guys are going to suffer great loss. Right? But every one of these lives will be spared. And Paul passes that information along to those guys. But what was Paul able to see that night? Something that he may not been may not have seen out of the storm. Right? We can just read through this narrative. Oh, yeah, he saw the angel of the Lord. Oh, yeah. Lord, you know, like, but, but, really, understanding, like, there's more to God to be gotten. I don't know it's a good English, but hopefully you guys get it, right? There's more to God that we can learn. There's more to God that we can learn. There's more to see of God, right? And sometimes, in order to see God in our clearest forms, He has to put us in a place where there's not much distractions. Anybody excited when the electricity goes out? I used to like that when I was a kid, not so much as an adult, you know, but a kid. My mom guys would always be prepared, and we would open up the, you know, open up the the candles and the flashlights, and we would play these games, and we would build these little forts in our um, living room, and it was, it was so fun, you know, it was so fun. Maybe it was what it would be. I don't know. Anybody else, you know? The thing about storms is, and, and this was a, a saying that I heard, you're either... Um, Leaving a storm, headed into a storm, right? Or recovering from a storm, right? It's just like, there's always storms abrew around us, right? Whether you know it or not, there's just maybe people out to get you. Anybody there? People out to get you, you know? Maybe you out to get yourself. Anybody there sometimes? You just like, I'm ready for a good day. And you trip over your own self, you know? Right? Or you find out you got a, a third, you know, your leg's a little bit bigger and you stub your toe. Bad, bro. Right? Like self-hurt self sometimes. You know, you're like, man, I just, I'm trying my best, but it just, and that, that's one of the more difficult places for me where I, I really intend to do good. I want to do good, I, you know, and then it just doesn't turn out as good as I wanted it to be, you know. And sometimes the devil's out there too, right? His enemy in the world and they're scheming, right? We come to church, we tithing, we read reading our Bible, we praying, we loving God, but then there's just the prince of power of this age and this world. And then taking the consideration of God who loves you and says, well, I love you enough to refine some things that have started in you. And in order to weed out some of the, the weeds of the world, I'm, I'm going to send some storms your way. But in those moments, we can, we can see God in his provision. I love, I mean, I've been referring to this the last couple of weeks, but Psalms, I think, 136 is 26 verses that every other verse says, and it is his love that endures forever. Right? It is his love that is steadfast. It is his love that you can count on. It's like, God, you created the heavens, in, but it is your love that endures forever. God, I've been through this storm and it's raining and this floods outside, but it is your love that endures forever. People are on every side of me, front and behind, left and right, but God, it is your love that endures forever. God, I'm in debt right now. I'm working every day and I'm not sure what is happening out. I'm losing big money, but God, it is your love that endures forever. Because you see, everything of this world is temporal. Amen? People are going to let you down. And they might even live in your own house. Anybody understand that? Like the brokenness of humanity is we say things we ought not to say and we do things we ought not to do to people that we love and care for. Sometimes there's storms that aren't outside of your house. Sometimes there's storms that are inside your house. And where do you go for comfort then? Hopefully the same place you go for comfort when the storm is outside of your house. To the Lord, Amen right to the lord Paul got to a place in his life where his foundation in the world was shaken up so many different times he he writes in philippians 4:11 through 13 Not that I speak on being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. Why? Because he had been brought low numerous times. Here's a little passage from 2 Corinthians 4 8 and 9. For we are hard pressed on every side, not crushed, perplexed, but not despaired, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. See, the Apostle Paul, like I think it's chapter 11, he lists off all the things that he had endured. He had been beaten, he had been betrayed, he had been shipwrecked, he had gone hungry, right, naked. And at the same time, he had known how to enjoy life on the opposite, where he was fed, and when he was clothed, and when he was comforted, right? And he gets to a place where he says, I've been in all situations, brought low, uh, abandoned, in." any and every circumstance I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hungry. And what is the secret? That if he is going to do anything, it needs to be done in the strength of the Lord. Paul doesn't get to this phrase, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, unless he's facing what? Storms, valleys, times in the wilderness. It's almost like things around us got to get shaken up a little bit in order that we continually rest on Jesus. And that doesn't feel good. We like to have comfort, amen? Right? We like to have comfort. But when things are shaken up a little bit, our prayers change, amen? I mean, some people say like, oh man, don't pray when you're going through hard times. That's not bad times to pray, right? Like everybody blames some people like, oh, you only pray when things are hard. At least you're praying when it's hard, you know? And those prayers sometimes are on your knees. Those prayers are with tears coming from your face. And sometimes those, those prayers are just like, wow. Thank you, God, for the storm. I needed that reminder. I was getting a little bit too comfortable in the things of the world. Right? Storms can be a real benefit to us. And the thing about storms, they, they're going to keep on coming, right? They're going to keep on coming. This is not like wilderness moments where, you know, you go through. If you're in a constant wilderness, then let's talk, we'll pray, you know. But I think storms, right, just have this ability to just be a refiner of us. Right, to get in a place where it's just like, we're just keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. Yeah. Paul writes in 2 Timothy 4, 16 and 17, At my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. Similar to last week, right? When Elijah's like, everybody left me. Nobody's here. Nobody's worshiping God. I'm the only one. And God's like, no, you're not the only one. There are others who haven't bowed their knee to Baal. And the Apostle Paul says, everyone deserted me. May not be held against them, though. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all Gentiles might hear it. And it was delivered, and I was delivered from the lion's mouth. There's a story in in Mark chapter 4 about a storm. Jesus is with his disciples, Jesus was in the stern sleeping. On a cushion. His disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Some of them say, don't you care if we die? The storm was real bad. Jesus got up. He rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Peace, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. See, some of us find peace and comfort in calm days. But I would say that that's more based on the physical, right, exterior developments that are around you. The truth of what we're talking about today is we can find peace and comfort even in the midst of the storm. Because why? Jesus is in the boat. Amen. Jesus is in the boat. I'm not sure if that encouraged you today, but Jesus is in your boat. I have a good analogy. I uh, I, I I fish. Um, with a friend of mine. His name is Mike Fisher. And uh, when when my wife and I got married, um, I called his brother, who's another great fisherman, whose last name is Fisher. And I said, hey, I need some fish for my wedding. And, uh, and he said, oh, call my brother. He, he goes all the time. So um, I had never really met this guy. You know, I just, his brother, said, hey, call my brother. and said, oh, I'm going out, you know, this day. So, so I jump in, jump with him. And uh, you go out the night before and you fish all night for live bait. And so you get the live bait and then um, we are fishing north shore, so we are catching live bait on, on, on west Maui, and uh, we start heading out to north shore, and uh, it's it's pitch black, right? Because the opellos bite better when there's no moon. Little fishing, I don't know. I never tell you where we was fishing, just the general area. No no moon, you know. And uh, anyway, so we catch live bait, and then we 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 uh, uh, we start heading off, and he has a little GPS. So he puts a GPS, and the boat just self steers. You know, it's pretty calm, you know, on the on the west end, and then we start getting a little bit more north, headed towards Kapalua, and it's like, you know, it's kind of nuking winds that day, and it's not as calm anymore, you know. And uh, I don't know this guy, you know. I mean, I, I've never fished with this guy before, and I just, you know, got reference from his brother, who I kind of knew, but I was just like, okay, let's go, you know. And and I'm sitting there, and the boat is like getting barreled in open ocean. It's like pitch black, right? and just like, boom, boom. You know, and it's not a closed cabin boat. It's open cabin, right? He's got, we have a roof, and he had a, he has, or with that boat, he had a, like, half-inch thick plexiglass on the front of his boat because the thinner one had cracked at one moment. Like, the water came through the window, so he had, like, thicker windows. And I'm and I'm sitting there, and we have this little bean bag, you know, I'm sitting there, and and I'm a little, like, you know, I, 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 I'm pretty Akamai to the ocean, you know, but uh, it's kind of the first for me, you know, being in the open ocean at night, nothing around us, and just get, you know, it was bad. Um, and you know what brought me comfort? I looked at him, right, and he's played, he's playing Words with Friends. <laughs> Seriously, right? He's playing Words with Friends with his daughter, and he says, and I look at him, I'm like, he's not worried. I shouldn't be worried. Right, this guy's out there all the time. Two times a week when, when the moon is good and the fish is good. Two times a week he's out there. All year long. Jesus is out in the storms all the time. Playing words with friends. <laughs> our, our comfort is in our, in our own strength. Our comfort isn't in, in our own righteousness. What is our comfort in? In a God who's self-steering, hanging out. You know? He's looking around. He's looking at the birds, you know, he's smelling the breeze. He's taking in the scenery. Why? He's been there before. And you know what the goal is? He wants us to be that. He wants us to be that. To be able to identify the storms that are coming, right, whether it's of us or of somebody else, to put our trust in God who continually proves himself to be safe, proves himself to be present, proves himself to be able. So that when we're in the storms, we're just trusting. I mean, it doesn't mean we don't cry out to him, right? It doesn't mean we don't prepare ourselves, right? I mean, we were definitely prepared that day, right? Our our gas was full, you know, the windows were thick, You know, GPS was working, batteries were charged. Like, we were prepared for the storm. Why? Because he had been through storms. Willingly signed himself up to be in storms. I thought, I I ended up fishing with him kind of a bunch after that, and I thought he only fished when the weather was bad. (laughs) Like, the only time he would call me, it was bad. Like, nuking, advisory level winds. And he's like, hey, Kai, we're going to go fish. I'm like, oh. I mean, we caught a ton of fish you know? And, but maybe that was it, right? That, that's really what I thought. This was like I never fished when I was flat, you know? We got out there, and there's nobody else out there, and it makes sense, right? But But he had found within himself this confidence to, in his gear, confidence in his abilities, confidence in his knowledge and wisdom. My friends, it's no different in our spiritual lives. You guys understand? Like, Mike is like, confident in his gear confident in his skills confident in the knowledge and the wisdom that he's gained over the years in, in reading the signs and reading the winds and reading the waves like there's no different when we're talking about the spiritual storms that we face we're gonna go through them amen whether we choose it or not or whether god brings it or not or the enemy brings it or not like there's gonna be storms that are coming some of you may be in a storm already take notes right Take notes of of what stirs up in you. Take notes of what stirs up in people around you. Take notes in how God responds. Take notes in your prayer life. Take notes on who you trust in and who you call in your time of storms. Anybody know people to call when it's storming? Maybe we know who to call in physical storms. Do you know who to call in spiritual storms? We're not called to be lone ranger Christians. Sometimes you solo, and you got to just trust in the God who's there. But most of us live within community. Like we got people who we can call for advice, for knowledge. And, and I love that we're multi-generational Christians here. Meaning there's probably somebody here in this house who've walked with Jesus a little bit longer, amen? Who've been through a little bit more storms than you have, amen? Right? And it's just Perspective. Just perspective. You can call someone who's just a a seasoned believer and be like, man, I'm going through some stuff right now. It's like, yeah, sounds good. You'll make it. You know, you'll be all right. And and sometimes just those little encouraging words from somebody who's been through it, and maybe they give you a little bit of advice along the way. That's all that you really need. You're like, okay, I got it. Or, you you know, you... you, I don't know. I, before I had three daughters, I would work out in the gym all the time. You know? And I loved signing myself up for storms. Little, little moments of storms, right? A little hour long. I always enjoyed CrossFit. It was just so good for me. I didn't have to plan anything. Showed up and I just willingly signed myself up for a little kick in the okole. And in the midst of crying or being on the verge of complaining, I would always see these aunties who were like way older than me and so joyous, you know, so exuberant in the workout that it just made me suck it up a little bit and be like, bro, you better man up right now. You know, and, and, and I don't know, it's, it's not necessarily those around us who are like the mature and the bold and, and the like, you know. But sometimes our, 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 it, it's those people who are small in stature, but rich in strength in God. Where they can even, not just endure, but they can have what? Joy. In the midst of it. That's like a, that's another level. Anybody there? Right? You have people around you that are just like, well, oh, this auntie has some challenges. And she's just joyous in the morning. Joyous throughout the day. And a constant encouragement. And you know the story and you're like, man. How does she do that? Right? And then you look at her Bible and it's just beaten and broken. You know? Her Bible's falling apart, but not her life. Anybody there? Some people around you, like, man, they've been through some challenges. They got some spiritual calluses on them. But they made it through. Amen? They made it through. They're able to keep their eyes on the Lord. In those times of storms, right, and also out of those times of storms. Jesus said in John 16, I have told you these things so that in me you may have what? Peace. Right, people uh, use that a lot of times when people pass away, right, rest in peace. No, 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 we can rest in peace now, Amen. We can have peace. Peace is promised now. I mean, I love you. You go back and read Matthew chapter 1, chapter 2, right? You read the stories of the birth of Jesus in Luke, and it's like, peace on earth, goodwill to men, right? The shepherds are like, the angels come and visit us, like, man, today in Bethlehem, you're going to find this little baby wrapped in a manger, right? And it's like they're proclaiming peace, where? On earth, why? Because Jesus is in the boat, amen? That we can have peace here because of us, Right? Trusting in God despite of us. Not trusting in God. God is here in the boat. Right? God is here in the world that we can know that God is with us and put and fix our eyes on him. I love Hebrews chapter 12. Since we are surrounded by a great cloud of other individuals who have gone through storms. I paraphrase a little bit. Right? But since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses who have walked the walk, who have endured the storms... The writer of Hebrews says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Right? Throw off the things that like cling on, the things that, that are just a waste of time. Throw those things off. Fix your eyes on Jesus. And when your eyes are fixed on him, he becomes the author and perfecter of our faith. Most important F word in this life. Faith. Faith in our Father. Why? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 3. It is for joy that he endured the cross. Jesus endured the cross. And what was in front of him? Joy. Why? Because his death would bring us life. Maybe the storms that are in your life will result in more life for yourself and life for those around you. Amen? That's good, bro right that's good that means that God's not gonna waste the storms acts 27 23 so this going back to the story they abandoned the ship they or before they abandoned the ship they, they kind of were like okay they, we we gotta just go with it, and wherever the winds take us, we got to go. And so they hadn't eaten for a few days. They were saving their provisions. Paul says to them, hey, let's eat up right now. We're not sure what's going to happen. And so everybody eats up. The next day, they start abandoning the cargo. They they hit a ground, and the boat starts breaking apart, and all those guys jump off the boat. There's like 200, over 200 guys, and they all safely end up on land. And Paul says, God has graciously given you the lives of of all who were sailing with you, Paul ends up in this place called uh, Malta, and um, some of the villagers were, were very kind to them, and um, <clears throat> so they, they, Paul grabs some of the wood and he's making a fire just to to, to, to cool up. Right, it was kind of like that early winter season, and so it all kind of warming up around the fire, and um, and and one of them it doesn't the scriptures actually don't really say, but Paul has like something. Like on him, like I don't know, a jellyfish or a snake or something had bit him, and they're like, "Oh, this guy's gonna die," you know. Like, and Paul's like more warm, uh, more concerned about his warmth at the moment, and they kind of observe him, and he ends up not dying, right? And they're like, "Whoa, something's crazy about this guy." And uh, the the head of that area, uh, Publius, his father is sick, and so he goes like, "This guy has something." unnormal, going on with him, and brings the father. Paul prays for him in the name of Jesus. He gets saved, and then they start bringing more people to him, and he prays for them, and more people get saved and healed, you know? And it's just like, and you read this story, 20, chapter 27, 28, and it's just like God is with Paul in the storm. Not only does God deliver him and all the other prisoners who don't love God, right, but they end up on a beach to pray for uh, this guy who's sick and ill, to get healing, and then everybody else in the neighborhood gets healed and prayed for. Paul knew that God had a mission for him, and sometimes it would be nice, calm seas. Sometimes it would be stormy. But the end result was that Paul's life got blessed, those around Paul got blessed, and those around those around got blessed as well. Amen? And, and, and that's just a good perspective to have, that sometimes the end result like sometimes you guys can be doing all the good things, and then you're just into a hardship. A mature prayer might be, "God, why am I in this? And who am I in it for?" I'll give you. I'll give you a story. We, we uh, two thousand and three, um, I started uh, doing uh, directing youth camps, and uh, I remember I think it was like two thousand seven or eight. We were a handful of years into it, and a big camp and a lot of kids and. We used to uh, have our camps at at Maluhia, um, like a little bit outside of Kahakalua, And uh, we used to do this hike where you would get to the bottom of the camp and hike down this valley, up another ridge, down a little valley, up this river to this little pond. And um, we had a few hours within like kind of a little break time. And we... uh, so, so we do the trick and, and, and do the trick. And, and we, we end up in three different groups. And all, like, the senior boys, they're real fast. They had done it before. They disappear. You know, like, we're going. we we'll see you there, Pastor. Okay. They go, right? And uh, the middle group had gone. And then I was kind of with the stragglers in the back. And so we finally get to the pond. And um, and I see the boys. They're, they're up at this pond. They're kind of scaling this rope and enjoying their time. And I don't know where the second group is. But I'm like, I wasn't really worried. And I don't know. Maybe I should have been more worried. Um but we get there and one of our girls swims out to um the middle of the pond and she's sitting on this rock and in in a moment's time she just starts getting showered by boulders the 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 side of the hill starts falling off and it's just like just a, a you know like an avalanche I was it wasn't huge but just a, a, you know kind of a big bunch of rocks just just kind of piling down. And we're, you know, 30 minutes in from a road that's 30 minutes from town. We have no cell service. We're in the boonies, right? And I'm like, this is bad. And so I kind of just, like, freeze for a moment. And I look up on the side where the rocks came from. And the second group was trying to get to where the first group was. But rather than using the rope, they wanted to just, they're trying to get just on, they're making their own path, you know, and as they're doing it, the, the mountain is is like falling out from underneath them, and I'm just like, you know, so they move a little bit, and another avalanche of rocks just are sort of like, like boulders, right? And I'm like, this is a bad situation, you know, so I kind of like tell them to stop and you know come down and and get the girl out. Miraculously, she's not hit by a single rock. Crazy. So anyway, I'm like, get everybody, all the kids back down. We head back to camp. And later on in the day, um, this one camper came up to me. Um, and she grew up in, in Kaupo. Um, and she's, a, you know, a little bit more open to the supernatural than, you know, some other kids that that don't grow up in Kaupo. And And the night before, we had a pretty intense worship night. And she's just going at it. Like just, you know, some leaders were there with her, praying with her. And she just was just going at it, right? And just... Um, you know, real expressive and, you know, not the, the norm. But we prayed with her and, 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 you know, like, I don't know, probably at least an hour. And then she came out of it and she was all good. Hey, Pastor, what's happening next? Let's go play some games. I was like, okay. Right? Well, she was on the hike that, that day, later on that, that evening before the next chapel, she comes to me and says, Pastor, I got to tell you about today. She goes, you know, last night when I was praying, I was in a, I was, in, I mean, she didn't use the storm like, but she was in a prayer time with God that was pretty intense. And she says, you know, last night, it wasn't for me. I just I just felt like in the time of prayer, as intense as it was, in the depth of it, she felt like God was telling her to pray for somebody else, right? And the next day she comes to say, Pastor, it's for our friend, Right, she just had this realization that it was like God was using her to endure a little bit of storm to save her friend that next day. And I tell you right now, it was miraculous. Like I was sitting right there thinking, I don't know how this girl didn't get hit by a rock, right? Because if she hits hit hit right, even a little rock, like she's not going to make it, you know? And I just, even till today, I, I look back on that and, you know, I had some legit PTSD stuff after that camp. And we never did go on that hike again. It's not that I didn't take my kids hiking after that, and we still jumped us the years after, but that hike, I never did go back, right? We, uh, I, t- I took, I, just think about that now. I took one of my boys, we, we were um, not all the way up, but we went to a small pond, like just to rinse off on that same stream years later. And uh, for whatever reason, he's like, oh, I'm going jump in. And he ends up cutting his head open um, on a small little jump. And I'm like, we shouldn't have come back to this place. Sometimes the storms that we are in is it's not for ourselves. Parents, endure the storm. Why? Your kids will be better for it. Amen. Spouses, endure the storms. Why? Your spouse will probably be better for it. Amen. Neighbors, endure the storm because your neighborhood probably will be better for it. Amen. I mean, if I told you that the, the the call to be a pastor was just like flat water every day, I'd be lying. There's some legit storms that that I've faced over these years. And I know the benefit is for myself and the congregation. Right? And we can endure those storms. One, because God is in the storm with us. Amen? Whether whether the world brings it or we sign up for it, God is there in it. Amen? Why? Because God loves us. Amen? That God is not just with us. God is in us. And so the things that we endure in this life, like, we can have peace because God is With us and God will redeem, right? The storms in our lives. And so take these words with you as as you leave this place today, right? It's the words of Paul from the Lord, right? Take courage. Right? Paul says, Take courage, friends. Why? Because he has faith. And what is faith? Evidence in the things that he can see and the things he cannot see. He knows. Right? At that point in his life, Paul had developed enough relationship with God to know that he can depend on God because God is trustworthy. You don't have to call yourself a super Christian. You have to call to church for a long time. But, but as soon as you've been with God long enough to say that God is dependable, you're on your way. Amen? That's a, that's a great place to start and to continue. When you come to the end of your own strength, and God takes you on after that. That's a good place to be, right? So even if you're here this morning and it's like, you just started coming to church, you're just trying this out, you know that there's some storms in life, but you got a little bit of faith. I'll tell you right now, that's all you need. Take courage. Amen? Take courage. Imua, Right? One of, one of my, uh, so, so the girl who had that spiritual thing, her, her dad passed away a handful of years ago, and every time I say, Imua, hey, Right? Imua in the Lord. Aloha ke He always used to just remind me, every time I see him, like, God loves you, right? You can love God. So imua, right? And he had all kinds of storms in his life, all kinds of trials in his families, but he always kept his eyes on the Lord. All right, I'm done. Is that good? We good. God is with us, amen? In the valleys, in the wilderness, right? In the storms, you know? We pray that God would give us vision, amen, to to identify the differences and to see God's provision, right, in each and every situation. My hope this Christmas season is that because of God's presence in our lives, the result would be encouragement for you and glory and honor and praise to him. That would be a win for me, right? If every one of us would have more glory and honor and praise for the Lord and then just to have a little bit more of courage, right? Have a little bit more joy because God is with us um, in every one of these situations. So how about we stand? I'll pray. And then uh, Tim and the team will, will close us out in, in song. Um, hey, next week is our Aloha Sunday too. So come back. Bring some food. We'll have some food. And we'll uh, we'll enjoy each other's company and just enjoy the holidays with some some food and fellowship. So. Jesus, we give you praise for today. Lord, thank you that you are uh, with us. Thank you, God, that you're in us. Thank you that your Holy Spirit is here, going before us and behind us. That the, the characteristic that was given of your Holy Spirit is that your Holy Spirit will be our great comforter. Jesus, I don't know who this morning needs a little bit of comfort, but I know that comfort isn't in their situation in this world. Their comfort is in the realization that you love them, that you're with them, that you're in the boat with them. And so, Lord, that's a factual truth. I pray, God, that you would give us eyes to see you clearer. You would help our minds, God, to shift from just focusing on things of this world to focusing on things of God. What does Paul say? What is true? What is honorable? Whatever is excellent. What, whatever is upright. Think about those things. Lord, I pray that this season, Lord, we would think of all the things that is of you. Can we think of things that are of this world that's falling apart and fill our minds with things on the media and the news? Yeah, that all those things are present right in front of us all the time. But none of those things is going to bring us life, more life and abundant life. Jesus, I I pray against the enemy, God. I pray against the prince of this world. Lord, I pray against our own inclinations to do things of the carnal, things of the flesh. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus, but you came to bring life and life more abundantly, God. And I pray that over each and every person here this morning, Lord. So, Jesus, I pray that you would bring storms because storms with you, God, can bring life and more life and abundant life. Lord, we pray that the result, God, of the storms in our life, God, would be more glory and honor, Lord, to your name. Lord, and I pray that other people around us would be encouraged to put their eyes and mind, God, completely on you. So I pray your blessing, Lord, over each person here today. Lord, I pray for the realization that you are with them, that you go before them, that you are behind them. God, I pray that, I'm not sure, maybe there's some here this morning that are in a valley or in a wilderness or maybe in a storm. I pray, God, that they would be able to see you clearer than ever they've ever done before. Yeah, we honor you this day, God, for honoring us with your presence. Hey, if you're here this morning and you're, you're in a moment where you need God, maybe just have, I don't know, a moment before him guys sing just a just a time of silent prayer if you're in a storm this morning and you're still in church my encouragement to you is to call out to god say god i need you just a simple prayer like that can have just a resonating impact in heaven Just hear the prayers, God, this morning from individuals who just they need a word from you, they need a a touch from you. Just they just gotta know that you're there. Lord, I pray that they would know that you're in the boat with them, that you're in the storm with them, and they can firmly and committedly learn trust in you because you're gonna get them through it. Yeah, we honor you, God, this morning worship you this morning. We thank you this morning. And I pray your blessing and your peace and your comfort God over each in this place this day. Thank you Jesus.